You're listening to Wordslinger Podcast, episode 137, Taking Risks with Joe and Kate Russo. This episode of the Wordslinger Podcast is brought to you by draft to digital Convert your manuscript, distribute it online, and get support the whole way at drafttodigital.com. It's the Wordslinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand, write your book, redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours? Now, here's the guy who invented pants optional, Kevin Tomlinson, the word slinger. Word slinger. Sing along with me. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the very first Word Slinger podcast episode of 2018. Uh, if you have been hanging around waiting for me to show up, I apologize. I um, yeah, yeah, I took some time off. What can I say? I told you I would. <laughs> I hope you had a great Christmas and uh, New Year's, man. I um, I know I did. We had a we had a lot going on. There was a, a big, you know, a lot of family in town. Um, just kind of hanging out. Karen and I spent quite a bit of time, um, you know, well, we overate, <laughs> which I'm regretting now. Cause I, you know, I was on a good track. I'd lost quite a bit of weight and, uh, was looking pretty trim and, you know, I'll put a few pounds back on, but, uh, we're back on it. I'm back to it. Uh, wasn't, it didn't, it didn't even that hard actually. <laughs> I already had kind of had the, the whole lifestyle in place. All I did was get back, get back to it and eat less pie. <laughs> Uh, you gotta eat pie, man. You gotta eat pie at Christmas. Um, so, uh, how are you doing? You know, I, I, there's a couple of things going on. I, there's some stuff I want to talk to you about uh, that's happening with me and uh, my work. Um, and uh, I got some industry news and that sort of thing I'm going to share with you. I'm going to do all that after the interview. I don't want to take up too much time here at the front end. Uh, new year, new ideas. So, uh, stick around after this interview. I'm talking today with Joe and Kate Russo. Um, you may actually remember them from w- way back, way, way back uh, in uh, episode 93, uh, RV Life on Their Turns with Joe and Kate Russo. That was the um, first time I chatted with those guys. Um, had, we hadn't had much contact before that. I think I I stalked them on tw- uh, Twitter <laughs> as well as their YouTube channel. So um, <clears throat> it was interesting to kind of get their insight as Kara and I were at that time preparing to get on the road ourselves um but it turns out joe and kate had very a very parallel journey to the one um kara and i had uh but we ended up in different uh different directions so <laughs> uh and kara and i of course are no longer on the road where we uh, decided to home base instead and we're traveling by air more than anything uh although i'm hopeful for trains in the future i read an article today um kind of hinting at uh, train travel uh, overtaking air travel <laughs> at some point. Uh, I hope that's true. I do not like flying. I don't like... I Actually, I love flying. I hate dealing with uh, air, air, you know, airlines and uh, airports and uh, security and all that garbage. I just hate it. If I could... If I can actually uh, take a train everywhere I went and never have to deal with the TSA again, that would be fantastic. I would be on board with that. So, uh, although that's probably going to happen with trains too, who knows? But anyway, we're off track, but um, bump. And I want to get you into this interview with Joe and Kate Russo. I think you're going to dig what's going on. Uh, we talk about Joe's book, Take Risks, that informed the title of this episode. So, uh, you're going to want to track that down, and we're going to have links to that in the show notes. So, 
For now, let's hop into this interview with Joe and Kate Russo, and I'll see you on the other side with some news and other updates. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Okay. Um, now, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you had to have listened to this episode, to the original episode with uh, Kate and Joe Russo. They're from We're the Russos. That's probably right now, uh, it's in my at least my top three favorite YouTube channels. Uh, I'm not going to tell you which slot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if we're, the, if we're, if we're at the bottom. <laughs> uh, but you are, by the way, probably the one of the ones that I watch most consistently at this point. Um, mostly because I know you guys, but also because I still have a very active interest in the whole RV life uh, lifestyle and sort of minimizing uh, minimizing my life, even though I've got more stuff than ever now. Uh, so <laughs> I went completely the other way from the last time you and I talked. Uh, you'll have to forgive me. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> and we, we can see everything in the office behind you. So. I know. I know. And that's just the, that's the tip of the iceberg, man. It just gets bigger from here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we did, you know, we, we did live in our RV for, uh, for some time. I think it was about six months total. Uh, and then, you know, our scenario changed. Uh, yep. But you guys also had a change in scenario. And I, I kind of, I really want to dive into that. There's other things we're going to talk about. But um, initially, you guys had an RV pretty, pretty much approximate to the one we had. We had our big 38-foot yep. Thor Challenger. You guys had a big, big full-size motor coach, but now you're in a teensy tiny little van. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, we're actually sitting in our living room at the moment. Yeah, for the people on the video side of this, uh, they're, they're, you can kind of get a sense. It's not. It's actually, I've seen this van in, not yours specifically, but I've seen this van in life. Uh, mm -hmm. And as vans go, it actually is one of the, the sort of shorter um what do you call it? What is a class A? What do you call it? It's not class A. It's a uh, class B. Yeah. Class B. And it's one of the shorter ones uh, overall in comparison to some of the others, but it's still a nice size, like plenty of room, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we went from, we were in 29 feet in the class A. Yeah. This, this is just under 21 feet. Right. Um, but it's also a lot um, shorter and a lot less wide. Yeah. 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 But we it's, yeah, <laughs> but okay. It, what's great about it is you can get it into more places, which is one of the, the things that Kara and I ran into. Like, I wish uh, we'll talk about this too. You, you, you guys published a book, uh, recently called take risks. I'm, mm -hmm. I don't want to do your interview for you. This, this is the danger of knowing the guest so <laughs> well is like, I know this about you and I know this about you. <laughs> so well, it, we'll let you talk for a while. <laughs> It's kind of funny you bring that up because every time we meet people and, you know, we've talked a lot, uh, but whenever we meet someone we've never met before, we always say it's like going on a blind date where the other person knows all about you, but you know yeah. nothing about them. Right. Right. Uh, that seems awkward, but, yeah. but fun. <laughs> it, it can be interesting. So now we always ask if people want to meet up, if they can send us a picture or tell us about themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the story is we decided we were in a, you know, the 29-foot Class A. Right. And traveling around the country, living in it full time. And we got to a point where we said, we need something smaller. And we didn't know if that meant a smaller Class A. Right. Whatever it was. And I think when we spoke to you, we were just kind of getting into the midst of, like, looking for a Class B van. 
Right. And thinking that might work for us, but we weren't sure. Right. And the more we looked, the more we started falling in love with them. And this turned out to be the one. Yeah. And we, we love it. And like you yeah. said, we love the flexibility of just being able to go almost anywhere. We're right. parking in a parking spot right now. Right. Yeah. Right. Where, where are you precisely right now? And I want you to tell it the same way you told, you told it just before the call. <laughs> so, by the way, if there's any background noise, it's Leo, our dog. running. That's around. fine. That's fine. I'm surprised Minnie's not in here right now, actually. So she somehow, she somehow, by the way, senses Leo every time he's on screen and she'll start barking. And I, I'm not even kidding about that. I have no idea how she does it. But she picks up on him. I think some ultra high frequency or something. But anyway, go ahead. Where are you guys hanging out? So we are currently on the we're central Oregon coast. Okay. And we're parked right along the beach. And what I was telling Kevin before is there are some signs right in front of uh, where we're parked that say that this is a tsunami zone. Expect high tides. Do not park here overnight because if you fall asleep, you could die from all the you know, water coming over. And there are sirens here. Wow. So they say, if the ground is shaking. Get to get higher out. ground. <laughs> Don't wait I, for the sirens. First of all, I didn't even know that tsunamis were a thing on the West Coast. Like it never even occurred to me that that. I, I don't know why it wouldn't occur to me, but it just never occurred to me that that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's big here in Oregon. Everywhere we've been along the coast, there's always really? a evacuation route. So there's no, there's no real camping along the Oregon coast. Oh, plenty. Of yeah, camping. plenty. Oh, okay. You're just all, just camp all. at your own risk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's, uh, I don't know if I could do that. We had a hard enough time just, uh, camping out in Kansas, you know, with the hint that there were tornadoes anywhere in the area. Like I, I spent the whole night worrying. <laughs> I couldn't, I don't think I would want to wake up washed out to sea. Uh, that doesn't sound like something I'd enjoy, but no, just we almost had that where the higher ground is. Yeah. Right. But that's, that raises really kind of an interesting point though. Cause like in a lot of ways, I, I feel like I was more vulnerable in the big, you know, 38 footer, uh, when it came to storms and that sort of thing, it seemed to me, it seems like the van would be a much better environment for weathering a storm. You guys had some hail in one of your videos I noticed. So, you know, you at least would, that had to be loud. <laughs> Very loud. Okay. I don't know if a van is better for weathering the storm, but it's definitely better for getting out. Yeah. Because there are a couple of times in our class a where we have the jacks down, the slides out, and it's going to take us a half hour just to get to a point where we can safely drive away. Mm -hmm. And in this, we can be fully, unpa or fully unpacked in the van and be on the road in five minutes. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, and if we need to, we can drive to a shelter or we can anywhere a car mm -hmm. can go. Our only limitation is how we're nine feet, five inches tall. Mm -hmm. So right. we can't go in like parking garages. Right, right. Yeah, that's uh, when we were looking, we actually had considered getting one of the vans, as you know, uh, we had mm -hmm. I had talked to you about it. And um, there were a lot of every one that we looked at was too long. Uh, we had trouble finding one kind of in the same length you guys found, uh, at least in this yeah. area. So we, we didn't know where we were going to park it. <laughs> so I, the height thing wasn't even something on my mind yet. Uh, but I had that trouble with my truck, too. So I guess initially, so I guess that's that's not that uncommon a problem. <laughs> no. And it, I mean, it really doesn't hamper our travels whatsoever. 
<clears throat> yeah. Keep it in mind. Mm -hmm. So when you're out, I mean, uh, you've, once or twice at least you've done some parking on the street uh, in neighborhoods or something like that. Have you been bothered yet by anybody runoff? No, no, not yet. The only, the only time we got kicked out was at the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> yeah. And I did hear, I heard that that happened, but what was the, so they had just recently changed their rules. Yeah. It was the whole city changed their law. Yeah. So they passed a ordinance, I think late last year no longer permits RV parking unless it's right. a designated place that allows camping with a camping permit. Right. So all the businesses like Walmart, Cracker Barrel, they can't allow overnight parking. Wow, so we had stayed at the Walmart before without any problem. This time security came and, and kicked us out. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, that's a bummer. I, and I kind of know why they're doing that. I, I had heard that that was happening in certain parts of the country, but it seems kind of, especially when it's like Cracker Barrel where they just, they they welcome that because it's part of their business. It seems like. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like we said, we've seen the country by going from Cracker Barrel to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> right. Exactly. So what do you do in a scenario like that when you're not allowed to actually, you know, park overnight anywhere? Do you have, did you have to go find a, an RV uh, park or, or what? No, we just start driving around until we can find another place to stay. Or the nice thing about the van is it's comfortable to drive at night. Mm -hmm. Whereas the big class A, we did not like driving that when it was dark. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you know that. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> so there are definitely times we'll come into a town or something and you get the vibe or you see signs and things like that that say no overnight parking. You can't do this. You can't do that. So we'll keep going and find somewhere else that is more friendly and will work for us. Mm -hmm. uh, usually we don't have much of a problem. No. Yeah. Okay. You guys should just slap a big like plumber logo on the side of the van and then you can just stealth it everywhere you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we've talked about doing that. <laughs> yeah. I kind of wonder, I, I've, I've actually seen people online who do that sort of thing and they actually trick out the, the whole van, right. make it look, uh, you know, make it look like it's, a work vehicle, you know, but I still don't, I don't know how effective that is. Yeah. We've seen that. Leo is trying to push <laughs> over the Leo on the show. Uh, my ratings will go up. <laughs> <laughs> You'll triple my ratings. If I can get Leo on the show, I'm almost positive. He's not, he does not like the camera. <laughs> yeah. You've said that before. That's interesting. Like how's even Minnie doesn't care for the camera either. She doesn't, she doesn't necessarily hide, but she she doesn't present herself the way yeah. she normally yeah. does. <laughs> For him, it's you know we'll be out. He'll be sitting there looking at Kate and everything. She'll set up the tripod, get ready to take the picture, and he turns around. Yeah, every yeah. single a lot time. of bad shots. Yeah, <laughs> but he's he's a beautiful dog. Uh, for the people who uh, don't follow your show yet, um, and they're. I'm going to encourage everybody to follow the show on, on YouTube, you. of course. But uh, why don't you tell us a little about Leo? Because I think that's also interesting. It's like we have a tiny little dog. <laughs> if we could be comfortable living in a van the size of your van, um, our dog would have no trouble. It would be a wonderland for her. But you guys have a big dog. <laughs> yeah, so Leo is a white Siberian husky. At least yeah. we, we think he's mostly husky, and he's about 70 pounds. Yeah. He's a dog and we live with him out of our van. <laughs> but he has he has a lot of room. Sometimes right. yeah. like he has more room than we do. I, he, well, he gets well, that whole space under the bed and everything. 
he is the only the only being in this van that gets their own space <laughs> right so the whole the way our van works is the back of the van we have it's almost a king size bed yeah but it's on a platform that raises up and most of the time we leave the platform down because we have no need to you know make the bed every night and everything else right. but what ends up happening is that whole area underneath has now become his den right so bed under there he goes that's kind of his escape um and yeah it's the only place in the van that's like private yeah right he also spends a lot of time outside whenever we're at a campground or we get somewhere we tie him up outside and that's where he's happiest right you can't get him back in the van yeah there are a lot of times like right before the interview i had to you know, get him in with treats because he's like, ah, I just want to sit outside the entire time. <laughs> right. And that, that by the way, brings up a, a good point is uh, one of the, one of the things that is making this work for you guys seems to be that you're concentrating more on being outside the van. Like it's not about lounging in your, you know, mobile living room. It's about having the world's biggest front yard. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's that saying, you don't live in your van, you live out of your van. Right. Right. And it, very true. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I pushed that idea. Kara did not gel with that idea, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> so <laughs> she she had a hard enough time adjusting to the luxurious and uh, ample estate of the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but who knows? I'm still working on her. So okay, now we'll have you guys over for dinner one night, and then we'll do it, and we'll do it, and, and we already talked about like. Our plan is to eventually, we want to sell the RV and we want to buy, hopefully, like a happier camper, uh, which you guys turned me on to. And, uh, you know, our plan is, you know, to have that. And we, are, we talked about, like, hooking it up to your van and just going and, you know, hanging out somewhere. I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> we'll do competing shows, too. We'll do competing live shows when we do it. Um, I like it. It's cooperative. Cooperative live shows. There's no competition. Um, so, you... One of the things that I, th- I know my listeners are going to be really interested in, um, you guys are, this is full-time. Like, you're, you're full-time in this. You don't report back to a house. You don't report back to cubicles somewhere. Um, you're making a living entirely on the road at this point. Uh, I know they're going to be interested in that because every author wants to, wants to do that, <laughs> whether they're in an RV or not. So uh, how are you guys supporting your lifestyle right now? I'll let you talk about that. <laughs> That's good, by the way, because Kate and I never get to talk. Joe and I talk all the time. Uh-huh. Kate, Kate and I never get to talk. <laughs> so this is our, our time, Kate. <laughs> well, I think last time we spoke, we already had the website and yeah. the YouTube channel. Yeah. We're earning money through advertising, affiliate programs. Um, but since then, we, well, Joe has become an author. He's, he wrote a book, Take Risks. Um, which is coming out October 3rd. Really excited about that. So that's an added um, revenue stream for us. But we also started crowdfunding with Patreon, which I know you've started or you have as well. Uh, I have it. (laughs) (laughs) It can be better. (laughs) Well, yeah, we launched our Patreon page in October of last year. Uh And it's been slow going. We've had, you know, quite a few people join, quite a few people leave. We're still trying to figure out Patreon and how to make that work for us. And I think one of the really exciting things about publishing a book is we have more control over that. And Joe can do it on his own time. Well, you figure out the schedule. 
you're talking about writing a book now too. She has a few yes. books on the docket that she wants to put together. One of which you were asking about, which is a cookbook. Excellent. Yeah. And I think for us, the, the point, you know, Kate's really trying to or touching on is we can do a book. We can write a book from anywhere. We can make a video from right. anywhere in that. But what we found is the YouTube channel, the website, all the social media and everything behind that takes a lot of time. Right. And it's something that has to be done at a very specific time. So, you know, when we're out and about, we're always shooting. And when we sit down and write a book, we can do that at night. We can do that in the morning, whenever we have free time. And I think one of the things that really appeals to us is there are times where we just have to say, we have to leave the cameras at home because when we go out, we start filming, it's going to be all about filming and less about experiencing the place where we are. Right. We're writing we can set aside time and say, okay, we're going to write until noon mm -hmm. and then we can go out, see the town, enjoy it, come back, go back to work. Right. So, right. You know, there's a nice way to disconnect when you're filming your life. It's really difficult to disconnect from that. Yeah. yeah. And to have a content schedule because we publish a video every Wednesday on our YouTube channel. Right. And we publish one to two articles every Monday and Thursday on our website and mm -hmm. to have to maintain that schedule as well and always having internet data access and, all of that can sometimes yeah. be challenging. Yeah. So yeah. to be able to, like Joe said, you know, be out in the middle of nowhere and spend a few hours a day right working on a book, um, and I have to worry about that. It's really right. nice. Yeah. And I think for anyone who's interested in being on the road, I think this is a great lifestyle if mm -hmm. you want to see everything get out there and still work at the same time. Um, you know, we have a Verizon unlimited plan mm -hmm. right. and that we're pretty much good anywhere. And there are places where we don't have data when we need it. So we have a cell booster mm -hmm. and that helps tremendously. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, we can go anywhere and work. And I think one of the best things is like, we're at the beach, even though it's a tsunami zone and we could die. <laughs> I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for you guys to just eyes go wide and you disappear off the camera and all I hear is cursing as you're running. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, so what, what I was saying is this, and this can be your office. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you'd prefer to be out in the desert, you can work from the desert. I started writing the book at Joshua tree, right? No, no data signal, nothing. It just, it was one of those things where we we're going from the class A and this van was on order. So it was taking, there was a, what, like six month gap between when a five month transition. Yeah, yeah. Five month transition. And I decided in that time, I've got this spare time. I need something to do. So I started writing the book Yeah, and was really able to kind of find that time every day to sit down and write. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, and I think reading your book really sparked like lit a fire under oh, yeah. Joe and got oh, him. Good. Yeah, good. That, that first discussion we had, um, and I think the magic word you told, or magic saying for me was, was your job is writing, not yeah. editing, not doing anything else. You're, right. You have to write. Right. And I was always getting stuck. You, you would write, a, or I would write a paragraph and then go back and try to edit the whole thing, make it just right. And by that point, you know, the whole, the steam was gone. Right, yeah. Yeah. And then reading your book, 30 Day Author, everything kind of gelled. And as soon as I was done with that, I remember that evening, I finished the book, start typing away, and the rest is history. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for the plug. I, uh, 
I do appreciate that. <laughs> but your book is Take Risks, and it's coming out October 3rd, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. I know you guys said that, and I just want to make sure I made it clear to people. But um, And I read it, and it is excellent. And the quote uh, I gave you guys for it is exactly my sentiment that I wish before we had started our RV journey, I wish I had been able to read that book because it's it it's really interesting because it's sort of a a memoir style almost, mm-hmm. um, but it, it it sort of laces in some very useful information about the RV buying process that I could have really used <laughs> lessons that I would have loved to have learned before I spent you know six figures on an RV is what it comes down to. So I'm highly recommending it. When I, when I started kind of doing an outline, um, the original book was going to be talking about the year, the first year we spent on the road in the class A. Right. But as I was coming up with the beginning of the book, I realized there are all these great stories we have from when Kate came up with the idea to hit, like quit our jobs, sell the house and hit the road mm-hmm. to the first day we hit the road. And I said, that right there is its own book. Yeah. So this first book is actually part of a series. So that's the first book. Second book is going to be our year on the road into class A. Third book is most likely going to be that transition time between the class A and when we got the B. And then fourth book is us in the B. We're living it. Yeah, we're, living, we're currently living it. So this will be a chapter right now. <laughs> you know, uh, that's the way it always is, man. One book is like the gateway drug. You just, now you're a writer. You will be forever. Um, and Kate, you're working on some books of your own. So what, aside from a cookbook, which I'm excited about because I, I think I told Joe in an email, uh, like yesterday, you know, uh-huh. Karen and I were actually just standing around our kitchen saying, uh, I was telling her about some of the stuff you guys cook and you guys went vegetarian. I think Kate, you were always a vegetarian. Is that right? No, I no. was a pork lover. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. All right. I thought you were the evil influence, but you just, you guys just turned to the dark side all, all at the same time. <laughs> well, she, no, she was the influence and she's like, you should really do this. And she had yeah. me watch all these documentaries and read all this stuff. And I said, okay, fine. And since we started in mid February. Yep. February 2017. Yep. And today oh, wow. lost 35 pounds. Wow. Okay. I mean, that makes a pretty good argument for it. But see, there's always, there's going to be those people who are like, well, it's easy for you. You're in a van. (laughs) Well, actually, so we didn't get the van till end of April, early May. Early May. We moved in early May. Yeah. So we were stuck at my mom's house and I was, you know, well, I wouldn't say stuck. We were staying at my mom's house because we were technically homeless. Um, And she's making all this delicious food and all this stuff I loved growing up as a kid. So that's one of the reasons we started. I was putting on so much weight at her house. She was making cheesecakes, lasagna, you know, beef stroganoff, all of this stuff. And I just, I had to stop. Yeah. Yeah. So you're uh, Kate. um, I sidetracked you with food, but you're, you're working on some books of your own. Yeah. So I have a couple of, recipe book ideas that I'm thinking of okay. and another book that I'm con- contemplating is more of a story. I grew up in China mm-hmm. and I moved here when I was about 10 um, and really t- sharing some life experiences and stories of, you know, when I arrived in the United States to right. how did I end up here in a van 
yeah. living with this guy and our giant fluffy white dog. <laughs> you know, That's... sort of, but from my, you know, more Chinese American perspective. Yeah. And yeah. I think, so I'm throwing around that idea. That's in, that to me. That's fascinating because I, you know, one of the things that you guys are doing that's that's interesting is as, as you move around in the world. I mean, you're experiencing new, really new cultures right here in the U.S. I mean, I've I've said this before. It's one of the reasons why we wanted to do our RV tour uh, was that there's so many like subcultures in the U.S. that people never even think about. And you're bringing a sort of cultural perspective to that now. If you're going to start producing, you know, content along those lines, that's very cool. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the things we love so much about this lifestyle is experiencing right. new cities, new places, new mm -hmm. cultures, like you said, and it really gives you perspective on life. Right. Yeah, right. We get to visit a lot of places that you would normally not fly to. If you had mm -hmm. two weeks of vacation, you might fly to an island or you know, right. Las Vegas, something like that. But it's fun to go into these little towns, really get that flavor. And a lot of times what we find is those places that are normally missed by other tourists, it's more of a local thing and you get a very local flavor and you see how, you know, those people live and all the people that come and visit that area from the surrounding areas. And it gives you a great idea about, you know, what that area is like mm -hmm. and that culture. Right. Love it. Yeah. Say so, and okay. We talked a little about the YouTube channel. You guys are are monetizing that in a couple of different ways now. Mm -hmm. um, and I do like, by the way, that and, and this makes a lot of sense to me. Like the books that you're creating and any other product you create, that's a sort of passive income stream. Whereas, mm -hmm. you, like you said, you had to put a ton of work into doing the YouTube stuff. You guys actually went and did like some training at YouTube. You want yeah, to talk about we, that? <laughs> I think that's awesome. That may be an everyday thing for you at this point. I don't know. But to me, that was pretty sweet. So I would love to hear like what that experience was like. I, so I watched the videos and I thought it was pretty cool. But you couldn't take your cameras in, right? No. Well, you can't into the actual training area. Right. So we will, we've, at, we've been to the Google offices when we were in uh, like San Mateo area and everything. Right. Went to the YouTube offices. But the training them itself... Uh, YouTube does a great job of helping bring what they call their creators, the people that make videos on YouTube mm -hmm. and helping give them as many resources as they can to make their channel popular and work. So what they do is they kind of have a structured system where depending on how many subscribers you have, mm -hmm. uh, they have different classes for you and things like that. So at our level, I think we went to some classes that are what, like 10,000 subscribers and above. Yeah, most of the classes at YouTube Space LA, I think you have to have a minimum of 10,000 subscribers, but they also offer classes for everyone. Mm -hmm, so anyone right. who has a YouTube channel can go. Yeah, and we took a channel, or took a channel, we took a class on audio and how to get the best audio for what we're doing. Right. Uh, we also did one on live streaming. Live streaming, um, cameras. So we're, we're trying to do a live stream once a month. Mm -hmm. And our next live stream is actually about how we make a living on the road. Okay. That'll be at the end of September. So. I predict that's going to be huge because <laughs> everyone wants to know. And it, oh, and when is it going to be? End of September? Yeah, end of September. Okay. Well, the last, week, last Wednesday in September will be all, all right. about how we make a living on the road. I don't think I'll be able to get this episode live before that happens, but I wish I could. But it'll be recorded, so I can send people to the video itself. You guys should definitely send me a link. 
I, I sat in on the last one you guys did, which was... Um, you asked the question in the last one. I did ask the question in the last one. <laughs> and I said some smart alecky stuff too, which is supposed to get a laugh. But um, that was, that's really interesting to me because I've, you know, one of the, the aspects of uh, this show that I want to push sometime in the future is I want to do some live events. I haven't really worked out how I could do a live show without inconveniencing like literally every guest because <laughs> I talk to people all over the world. So it's tough to do a, mm-hmm. a live show, a live interview show. Um, but doing like a Q and a or something, I was going to work that in. So I'm watching you guys closely to see, <laughs> to see how you do it. <laughs> well, hey, like I said, anytime you want to get on the phone and talk about it, we're happy to yeah. help. Yeah, no, and I do appreciate that. And, uh, you guys, um, you know, of course are very, you're a good source of information all around. Um, and uh, I expect that now that you're moving out in the world, you're kind of starting to encounter other people in that community of developers, you know, content developers. I mean, are you, you may, I know you've met a few folks. Are you learning some things from those guys as well as you move around? Yeah. I mean, I think everyone has something that you can learn or yeah. they know things that you can always pick up and learn. Um, and I think that for us is really important. And I think we've learned a lot of things from people who aren't content creators. Yeah. So people who might watch our stuff and give us feedback or they just, they're doing their own thing and some, you know, they might be great in marketing and right. say, Hey, we saw your channel. We think this might be a good idea. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people we've met have helped us tremendously. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering if it, cause uh, you know, the indie author community is very like we help each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very focused on community, that community aspect. Uh, even though not every indie author is such a, a wonderful uh, rainbow spewing human being, uh, <laughs> we all act like we are at least. So, and I was wondering if the community was kind of like that in the YouTube world. Yeah, I was. I mean, mm-hmm. looking back at all the classes that we went to at YouTube Space LA, it's very collaborative. Afterwards, we all get together and talk, exchange information, mm-hmm. um, share information on how we're doing things differently. Because especially in the YouTube world, I mean, there are people who create content similar to ours. There are people who live stream constantly. Right. There are people that do sketch um, comedy shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, it varies. Uh, and it's nice to learn, you know, what other people are doing and how they're able to make their channel work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I struggled for so long because I, like, I want to have a presence on YouTube, but I had a hard time nailing down what I wanted that content to be because I'm, you know, I'm a fiction author. I don't know if I should do something related to my fiction or go a whole other route. Now I've landed on, I'm going to do things related to Wordslinger podcast. So I think that's probably the right way to go. (laughs) So you're a part of that. Thank you very much. Um, So go ahead. Go ahead, Kate. I'm sorry. What I was going to say is when we started our channel, it was all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, You go back to our early videos we were doing, you know, reviews about dog harnesses, uh, cooking shows, right. uh, cup of Joe. Which right. we, I mean, it was all over the place. And we really, I think we cast a white net to see what was going to work and right. then try to focus things and narrow it down. Yeah. yeah. I will say the biggest, the biggest thing that has helped us in our channel is having a consistent schedule, mm-hmm. publishing the exact same time every single week. Right. And, Kind of, and having a focus in a storyline. I think that's what we were missing before was being all over the place. We were doing RV walkthroughs and all this stuff. Right. There was never a consistent story. 
And now week to week, you can follow this story. And if you jump in in the middle, you're going to want to start from the beginning and say, you know, how did these guys get to where they are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's see, and that's marketing. That that's what I that's how I define marketing is that mm-hmm. development of that ongoing story, and uh, having a sort of narrative that directs everything. And that's what I was missing in in my video approach. I don't know why I resisted doing a, a wordslinger oriented show for so long. I don't know why <laughs> the logistics of it, I guess. I don't know. Um, anyway, so you guys, uh, what, what's coming up next? I mean, well, actually here's the thing I'm really, I wanted to ask you guys from the beginning, like what's the end game here? Like, are, are you, is it, we're going to live like this forever. We're going to live like this for five years. Uh, I'm sure others have asked this question, but I mean, what, what are you guys thinking about when you think about the future? Yeah, so that's probably one of the most popular questions we get is yeah. how long do we plan to do this? What's the goal? And, yeah. you know, for us, it's we would like to do it for as long as we want. Right. Um, as long as we still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And right now, we don't see an end in sight. We really enjoy the lifestyle and being able to travel, you know, whether it's in a van or something else. Um, we, re- we really enjoy it. Yeah. The flexibility of working for ourselves is has been a game changer. We Neither of us want to go back to working for someone else. Right. Uh, as long as we can work for ourselves, make enough money to sustain our lifestyle and keep going, probably go until we don't want to do it anymore. And yeah. I, the beautiful thing about what we do is we don't make any plans. Right. So a lot of people, it's, it's difficult because I know when you and I talked, I think back at the beginning of the year, our original plan was that we were going to come through Texas and we were, yeah. you know, Hey, still, we're gonna I'm still waiting. Back. Yeah. <laughs> we're still trying to get down there. Um, and, you know, we always, we kind of have an, an idea of where we're going, but mm-hmm. we also realize that tomorrow that could change and we'll go in a completely different direction. Right. And that just happened to us last week. Uh, we were talking about, we're in Oregon now, we are talking about going um, back into Bend and then over into Idaho, um, Colorado, Montana, some places like that. But we are now doing a, we're going to be doing a meet and greet the first weekend of the Pomona RV show in October. Okay. So we're driving back down to Southern California. We're going to do the meet and greet at the Heimer booth. And then we're going to go and, you know, who knows, who knows, flip a coin and see which direction we head. Maybe we'll come down to Texas. Maybe, maybe we're, we're Karen and I are talking about hitting uh, Colorado Springs for some a length of time. So we may just pass okay. each other uh, <laughs> on the road, um, but you guys can stop in there too. So you're, uh, Oh, I completely lost it. I had a whole question queued up in my brain and it went away. Was it about the RV show? It might have been, but I do. I did want to ask, like, how many of those things you guys are doing? Like, are you sort of actively participating in that world as well, like conventions and shows and stuff? We tried to go to the big RV show. So we went okay. last year to the California RV show. Right. And before that, we did the Florida Tampa RV show. So it just so happened that, you know, Joe's book is coming out October 3rd. The mm-hmm. show is coming up. Um, and... It happens to be my birthday around that time. So I okay, thought it would be nice to go to Disneyland or Universal maybe. Right. Uh, so we decided, why not? Let's see if we can go to the California RV show. Yeah. And it's something we always keep in the back of our mind, but we don't actively plan anything around it. 
Yeah. So if it makes sense and we're in the general area, we'll go. And this is, uh, go ahead. Was, yeah. this is the first time we're actually doing a meet and greet. Okay. Uh, so a public appearance. Mm -hmm. Most of the time we just show up and we'll film different RVs and walkthroughs and talk about the show in general. But this right. is the first time we're actually, we have book time and we're going to be there to meet people. Yeah. yeah. It'll be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. And you're, you had said that you weren't sure if you were going to be able to take copies of the book. Are you going to do that? I totally would, by the way. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I think what, so the biggest writing, writing the book was easy. The yeah. difficult part was, is now <laughs> I've spent the last, God, how many days just focused on trying to get ebook formatted to make it look right. Because those pictures I put in yeah, there, the and everything else, and I may still take you up on your offer to, <laughs> to convert it for me, but it's just like the conversion process and then finding, you know, your picture got shifted to another page. So going back and fixing that and then breaking something else. So I'm trying to get that done right now. And then I'm going to work on the print book formatting. Yeah. I don't know if we have enough time to get the proof, go through that. Yeah. And all printed. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. My, my promise to help with layout was before you said you were putting pictures in. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Get rid of the photo. <laughs> <laughs> well, it but, is difficult though, because it, it the first of all, the images typically they take up um, not just physical space, but also you know they eat up file size, so they make things kind of tricky all around. So depending on how many pictures you have in there, you'll you might have to go with like low res images for ebook and then high res for print, and it's basically do two different layouts. So. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, because the other thing is Amazon charges you a delivery fee. Right. So you know, even if I made the pictures a little bit nicer, I get charged on the back end for that. So yeah, yeah. Another thing to consider. Um, yeah. But everyone wants to see your bucket throne. Yeah, my bucket photo. toilet. That's true. I, I, that was one of the first things I'm like, this this is something clearly missing from this book is a picture of this this bucket toilet <laughs> and for any, anyone who's wondering about that it's uh there's a chapter in the book about us ripping out the brand the toilet in our brand new six-figure motorhome and putting in a homemade toilet right five <laughs> gallon homemade toilet yeah, yeah and all the experiences around that i'm not i'm not even kidding when i tell you I'm just not even kidding. Half the time while I was reading, no, three quarters of the time while I was reading that book, I thought this is exactly what Kara and I either did or talked about doing. Like we were going to take out the uh, toilet and put a composting toilet in there. We were all these things. And I'm like, I'm glad I didn't do that. I'm glad I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I'm saying like, you could have saved me a lot of heartache and uh, time and hassle and money if I had just had your book in advance. So there you go. There you go. That's the best endorsement I can give any book, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So we're kind of coming up. I want to uh, wrap up, uh, respect your time, wrap up. Where can guys, where can anybody online find you guys? Uh, so mo the, <laughs> our website, we're the Russos.com, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash we're the Russos, Facebook, we're the Russos, pretty much any social media platform is we're the Russos. So we're pretty easy to find. Yeah. 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 No apostrophe in the URL. 
by the way. No. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. W e r e t h e r u s s o s. Where Where the Russos? Where Where the Russos? Where Russos? That's what That's what it comes out as. Yeah, and the, <laughs> the cool title of the book uh, that'll be launching October third is "Take Risks: mm-hmm. One Couple's Journey to Quit Their Jobs and Hit the Open Road." I've been practicing. Yeah, <laughs> and it shows. Yeah. It shows, man. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I feel like I didn't get to talk about like half of what I initially wanted to talk about, but there's so much going on with you guys. So uh, congratulations on the lifestyle and on the, uh, I know it's not quite as new now, but the new van, uh, all that stuff. It's really Thank cool. You. For everybody listening and everybody watching, you can uh, find links to everything we just talked about in the show notes, of course. Uh, do definitely check out Where the Roosters on YouTube. Um, go back and watch some of that catalog stuff. It's, it's really interesting to kind of watch the progression and you guys have kind of a whole new style now, which I dig quite a bit. Uh, and I'll totally steal at some point, but, uh, definitely check all that out. And of course, uh, well, anyway, hang out. You guys hang out. Everyone else, you're probably hearing that groovy bridge music. You may dance in place at will, and I'll see you on the other side with updates about the show. Everyone, uh, else, we're about to do our, um, well, end of show, the after show. Man, I completely flubbed it. We're about to do our after show. So if you're a Patreon supporter, you're going to get to tune into that. So see you on the other side, everybody, and take care. Welcome to the other side. Hey, uh, thanks for sticking around. Okay, I, uh, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Joe and Kate Russo as much as I did. Um, probably not. You probably are incapable of enjoying that episode as much as I did. Prove me wrong. Bring it. Fight me. No, I, um, I hope you enjoyed that. I am, uh, I'm very excited about, uh, things that are happening for them, uh, and for, uh, and for me and Kara as well. And for a whole bunch of other folks, um, when it comes to like RVs and, and travel and life and that sort of thing, (laughs) there's a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, speaking of cool stuff, I got uh, this new segment um, I have rolled out, and uh, I got a few news stories you may find interesting, particularly if you are in the indie publishing world. Uh, first up, Smashwords hasn't been hacked, but you might be. Smashwords, aka the other ebook hack creator service, sent an announcement to users stating that they've noted attempts to hack the service. In an email to users, Smashwords stated, the security team here at Smashwords has de- has detected multiple attempts by cyber criminals attempting to log into Smashwords author accounts using stolen email password combinations. To date, we're aware of two authors who were victimized. Working with our payments par- our payment partner PayPal, we managed to recover the funds for one author earlier today, and we'll continue pressing them to do the same for the other. The service assured users that they had not been hacked, but they encouraged Smashword users to change their passwords to something secure and strong right away because um, you uh, you really should be changing your passwords. So how about you? Does this vulnerability impact you at all? Uh, and I would love to hear from you on that. Uh, pop over to wordslingerpodcast.com. Send me a little email. Uh, let me know if uh, this this kind of thing is happening to you. Uh, you can also leave comments. The uh, the post that is associated with this um, this episode does allow you to leave comments. So if you want to pop over there, I do see them. Uh, otherwise, I'd love to hear from you on social media. Uh, track me down on Twitter at Kevin Tomlinson at Wordslinger Pod. 
those are my two handles, and I uh, respond to both of those. And you can find me on Facebook, of course. Now, uh, there's also a link to this in the show notes of this episode. I picked the story up from goodereader.com, so you can uh, learn a little bit more about what's happening there. Could Mickey Mouse become public domain? Probably not. Uh, But Steamboat Willie might, and that's the very first Mickey Mouse cartoon, and it's set to enter the public domain in 2024. This comes two decades after Disney and other entertainment industry giants successfully lobbied to have uh, copyright extended by 20 years, even for work that had already been created, and that's that's what made that unusual. Uh, This was a blow to the intellectual property law, uh, which is essentially meant to encourage new and original works. Oddly, at the moment, no one is planning any sort of legislation to extend these rights further, which means properties created in 1923 and beyond will start entering public domain soon. So uh, this could be a happy time for all. <laughs> As artists and writers and filmmakers, mu- music producers, uh, all sorts of creatives gain access to a wealth of old content, older content, uh, that they can then bend, fold, and mutilate and remix into new content. So does this breathe life? Ah, let me start that phrase again. Does this breathe life into past work or perpetuate the entertainment industry's habit of falling back uh, to cultivated ground rather than pushing ahead into new frontiers? Hmm, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it encourages new content. I think uh, what we're going to see is a lot of old content repurposed uh, because Hollywood, in particular, does not know how to do anything else. So look for um, Steamboat Willie, produced by J.J. Abrams, with lots of lens flare and uh, essentially the exact same story as before uh, (laughs) with uh, female characters (laughs) or something like that. And uh, emo goofy. All right, so the emails are already coming in. Uh, again, you can leave comments about this uh, in the, on the show notes page or uh, tag me on Twitter, and uh, I'd love to hear from you, hear your opinion about uh, copyright and copyright law. Speaking of copyright, um, SIFWA, S-F-W-A, joined, that's the Science Fiction Writers Association, uh, or Science Fiction Writers of America, and I, I really should have looked that up before I came on air because I'm a member of the organization and can never remember what those initials stand for. So, Civil joins the Authors Guild and others to speak out about Open Library. Now, the Internet Archive, which you may be familiar with, it's back in the news again as author groups speak out about alleged copyright infringement thanks in large part to its Open Library initiative. The service was intended to be a sort of virtual library uh, where readers could check out works by various authors, check them back in without retaining copies of them, uh, and uh, everyone got to uh, enjoy the work. So Internet Archive uh, holds to the somewhat sketchy position that if one has purchased the rights of a copy of a book to a copy of a book, one is legally allowed to lend said book to others. What makes this tricky is that they're kind of right, sort of. Uh, The legality surrounding electronically transmitted copyright properties is still sort of in this primordial ooze with a lot of questions still to be answered. Many author groups, including CIFWA and the Authors Guild, uh, see this as infringement, while some see it as functionally no different than services such as Overdrive, which allows libraries to purchase a license to distribute your book and distribute in essentially the exact way that Open Library is doing um, 
essentially they purchase a license which allows the uh, patron to check the book out from the library one copy at a time one copy per license um, so uh, the key difference though is that open library is essentially not essentially literally they are scanning legally purchased print books as well as purchasing ebooks and creating their offering um, so what this is doing is uh, it's playing around in the gray zone of copyright um, basically they're saying they're making the claim that it's no different uh, if they purchase a copy of a book they have the right to lend that book out uh, publicly as long as the book is returned and they're not sending out multiple copies of, the, of that book one book one license um, this is literally what overdrive and other services do they purchase the right the license that gives them the right to loan out the book now oftentimes this comes with a uh, uh, sort of special pricing um, so you know there can be some argument made that the author is being bilked out of uh, or the copyright holder whoever that may be is being bilked out of additional income uh, that they there are certain agreements in place that allow overdrive to do the work they do that the author has to agree to none of that is in place with open library so we get into a kind of a sketchy touch touchy kind of area a, a real gray zone and I'm really curious about how that's going to turn out so what do you think uh, is you know is open library and uh, internet archive are these guys infringing on authors copyright could be so uh, I'd love to hear your opinions again hit me up on Twitter and Facebook let me know what you think um, now this episode I got more to tell you there's more news coming up, but for right now, <laughs> this episode of the Wordslinger podcast is sponsored in part by draft to digital You heard the blurb at the beginning of the episode. draft to digital will let you convert, publish, and distribute your book worldwide with support the whole way. Go check them out at Wordslinger. Well, no, I messed that up right away. draft to digitalcom slash Wordslinger and give a little Wordslinger love uh, to me. Uh, I appreciate that. Now, KDP Rocket. You can take control, get more readers, increase your Kindle rankings with KDP Rocket. If you check them out at bit.ly slash KDP Slinger, you're going to pick up a piece of software that's going to come in very handy for you. Um, it allows you to do keyword research, which is useful not only in fine-tuning keywords for your book's listing on Amazon and other sites, uh, including uh, draft to digital but it also can help you with keyword tuning for Google ads, Facebook ads, Amazon marketplace ads, um, all the places in which a keyword might be useful can, uh, can be your domain <laughs> with KDP rocket. Check that out. Bitly slash KDP slinger. You can support this show. If you subscribe and share it, if you subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play and anywhere else, find podcasts are shown and uh, displayed YouTube now as well. Um, that helps. I like those subscribes and you can also share with friends and family. Let them know. Uh, if you're getting something cool out of the show, let them know this. I try to keep the show, uh, informative, entertaining, uh, very positive. I, I do it out of love, honestly. Uh, it's not like I make much money from it. I make a little money from it, but I don't make much money from it. So <laughs> I do this because I enjoy it. Um, so uh, it helps a lot if you go out and share it with folks. 
uh, because it means that the stuff I'm doing is getting out there and, uh, and is useful in the world, making a difference in the world. So I thank you for that, and I appreciate it. You can support the show on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash Kevin Tomlinson, you can throw a few bucks my way each month. Uh, all proceeds from Patreon go to the overhead of the show, so I pay for things like hosting, uh, new equipment, uh, everything I might actually need in the production of the show. It helps take the burden of the uh, overhead off of my shoulders directly. Um, so if you're inclined, I appreciate it. If not, I also, uh, I still care for you <laughs> and you're cool. All right. Uh, but the best way to support me and all my work is to buy my work. You can go and check out kevintumlinson.com slash books where you can find all my thrillers, all my sci-fi, all my YA fantasy, everything your heart could possibly desire. Uh, I got the words. I got them all and I got them for you. And, uh, if you check out those books now, uh, you can catch up on my Dan Kotler series, which is about to get, and here's the news part I was getting to. It's about to get bigger. I am right now. I am offering the, uh, uh, well, I'm not offering the fourth Dan Kotler book. The fourth Dan Kotler archeological thriller is now available for pre-order at a very low two ninety nine. It's going to hop back up to $4.99 on launch day, which is January 26th. So you can pre-order that book now. Get ahead of the game. Uh, go read it, review it, love it. I hope you love it. Um, this is this one is uh, it's a new path. This one, I took some turns. Uh, things are a little bit different than they were. Uh, no, not all that different. I, I went through a whole new process of production, we'll say. <laughs> <laughs> and something that's going to inform the way I write and produce books in the future. So I hope you'll check that out. I hope you will share that with friends, write reviews, tell people about those books. Um, that's that's the heart of what I do. It's why I do all of it, honestly. Everything I do comes back to those books. So go check that out. The Girl in the Mayan Tomb. I hope you'll dig that. Uh, you'll find notes. There will be notes in the show notes. But if you just search Amazon for uh, Girl in the Mind Tomb or Kevin Tomlinson, you're bound to find it. Uh, Pre-order is available and the book releases on January 26th. So um, that leads me to something kind of neat I think you're going to dig. It's something I'm starting with uh, Girl in the Mind Tomb. And for books going forward, uh, I'm going to include this. I built a tool for me <laughs> using uh the uh services of uh squarespace this is all built you could probably do this with any service but square squarespace has a um a template uh a page template called cover page so i built a cover page <clears throat> and uh, I, I built a form into it and here's here's what's going on i call it my typo reporter and at the front of every book now will be a um a little invitation to anyone reading the book. What to do if you spot a typo. Okay? As soon as you spot a typo, you can click on this link. Uh, I made it very simple. It's kevintomlinson.com slash typos. That's correct. kevintomlinson.com slash typos. And uh, when you go there, you can hop in. You'll enter your name and email address. And you can uh, basically, I give you the format to use, but you can drop in the uh, typo you found. And you can do multiple lines. So if you found multiple typos while reading, you can sh- you know, store all those up, drop them all into one, uh, basically one email. And what's going on is uh, this thing is behind the scenes. When you hit enter, it will actually 
drop all those into a, uh, a line on a Google Sheet and then it will send me an email to say that my typo reporter has been updated. Isn't that cool? So when I go through, <laughs> I can grab that. Once a month, I'm going to go through, open that up, uh, put it side by side with the, uh, the uh, manuscript, and do a copy and replace for every single error that I find and, uh, and, and iterate the next edition of the book. Now, here's what I'm doing in return for the folks who are doing that for me. I'm inserting something I call my change log. I'm stealing this from the software world, but basically, whenever um, someone enters a uh, uh, an error and I use it, I repair it. Um, there, I ask them in the form to agree. You know, they can say yes, include me in the change log. If they don't, uh, if they don't include that, I don't include them in the uh, change log. But uh, if they do, their name will go into a, a thank you page at the end of the next next edition of the book and it'll stay there forever so they get to be a part of making every book better and uh, I, I this solves a lot of problems for me um, one uh, you know I, I you know if you've listened to the show for any length of time I have paid thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on editors and then still gotten reamed by readers for typos and, and errors that should have been caught um, you know and I uh, for a time, I took the reins myself and decided I'm just, if if I'm gonna have to if I'm gonna have that problem anyway, I might as well just save the money and edit myself, which I did. Um, I have beta readers that I hand the book off to my street team, um, and they supply uh, some feedback and help me fix errors. So uh, I get the book as ready as it can possibly be using that uh, combination of my editing and my street team's editing. And there, yet there are still um, the typos and some some issues there. Um, so, you know, rather than uh, rather than go back to you know slink back to editors and pay tons of money and still you know end up with the same issue. <laughs> and sorry, editors. I know there are a lot of editors who listen to the show, and I'm not trying to down you. I'm just saying my experience was not good. <laughs> so I don't want to throw away money. Um, and uh, and I'm willing to pay good editors, and I probably will. I'll start doing that again too. But this way, um, even if I pay editors, use a beta, beta uh, my street team, use myself, uh, that combination of things. If there happens to be a typo still in the book, readers get the opportunity to help me fix the book. So, in all fairness and uh, deference to uh, the editors in the crowd, I love you all. Um, I just got really hacked off with my editors. <laughs> so, and that's, uh, that's just how that went. So, um, so that's all in the name of making the book better, but it also gives me a chance to interact with these, um, these readers, and uh, it's an excuse to, to you know, pop in and thank them and, and uh, you know, be very personal with them, which is part of my strategy for 2018. I've actually dialed back the marketing aspect of my business somewhat. Um, I'm still marketing. You have to market your work, right? What I've done is simplify to a, a much a much more streamlined version of marketing. So, uh, for example, my emails. Instead of sending out very slick, polished emails with graphic headers and buttons and all all the thing all the trappings of the uh, the internet marketing world, uh, I have started writing very earnest and personable letters to my readers so 
as as I uh, each week I write a nice uh, affirming <laughs> positive letter, uh, just saying what's going on with the books, with my career. Uh, there's a little bit of personal information in there, you know. I mean, I, I don't get too too personal, um, but I do let them know, you know, Kara and I are going on vacation. Kara and I are um, moving to a new home. We're buying a new car. We're, you know, whatever. Um, and these are mostly just, you know, places, launch points for uh, opening up a conversation with folks. And then I ask how they're doing. I ask, uh, what do you think of this? And uh, how's 2018 going for you? And um, what other books besides mine are you reading? And that sort of thing. I'll ask uh, open-ended questions that invite that reader to uh, respond. And here's what I'm finding. I've only sent out two of these emails so far um, but over the past two weeks. But I've already gotten more engagement off of those emails, those two emails, then I got off my email list over its lifetime. So I have like 35,000 people on my mailing list. Um, I've gotten thousands of people responding to these emails, thanking me. And when I sent out the announcement for my pre-order, I have at this at this time, I have tripled my my highest number of pre-orders in just the past two days. The highest number of pre-orders I ever got uh, for my books, uh, over like a month of announcing pre-orders, I've tripled that in just two days. So take that for what you will. Um, I am experimenting and, uh, I, I, the thing that I love about this is, um, what I'm marketing now is, is my relationship with these people rather than the books, rather than a brand, you know, rather rather than uh, turning myself into a brand and and always trying to play the role of that brand, I am talking to these people and getting to know them as me, <clears throat> which does a couple of things. One, uh, it takes a lot of the pressure off. Uh, I, I the I'm not doing sales pitches all the time. I'm instead thinking about how to be a personable and communicative person in my emails, and it qualifies the readers because those readers who respond and come to like me and uh, enjoy my work. Those are the readers I'm after. <laughs> those are the readers. Those are the people that I do this for. They're a qualified group of readers. They, it means that every time I release a new book, they're going to be excited about it because they want to support me. They love me. They love my books and they know I love them. And so we have a reciprocal relationship. We have a, uh, a nurtured relationship. So, these things, all these little touches and tricks and tips, um, they're all, it's all designed to be very easy, very simple, uh, something you can repeat every day if you want, but at least once a week. You can do this very, very easily um, just by being real. And uh, the, uh, the whole, um, there are probably ways to, do, to replicate what I'm doing with the uh, type of reporter. Uh, so if you want to check that out, go to kevintomlinson.com slash typos and uh, just take a look. And uh, it's it's very simple and straightforward. I kept, kept it to very cool and very clean, uh, but I'd love to hear what you think. So uh, just don't just do me a favor. Don't tell me what you think by using the form. <laughs> it's not any not meant to be an email form. So I would appreciate if you would just take a look, uh, close it out quietly and then go email me from uh 
kevinthomas.com or wordslingerpodcast.com. So. Anyway, there there we are. We're uh, we're seven minutes over the hour, and uh, so I ran a little long, but I appreciate you sticking around for this. I hope that's helpful to you. Um, make sure you're uh, getting out there and sharing the show, sharing the sharing my work. Um, I I will admit the show. I'm I'm rethinking aspects of what I'm doing with the Wordslinger podcast. Um, again, you know, it's basically 2018 is the year of uh, simplifying and communicating for me. Um, and uh, Wordslinger podcast is is fairly straightforward and simple as it is, but I'm I keep getting hung up on the things that are meant to market the show. Um, so that to me tells me there's something there that I I need to pay a little more attention to and maybe refine. So uh, we'll see what happens. I know I've made I've talked about things that are happening with the show or the website and that sort of thing. A lot of that's still going to happen, but I think I have been overcomplicating things. So. Time to get back to uh, first principles, as Elon Musk would say. We're gonna we're gonna get back to uh, what is it? What does it take to do this? Do it right and do it without it um, becoming more work than I get a return on. So, anyway, God bless each of you. I hope you're having a wonderful 2018 so far. I hope it uh, only gets better every day from here. And uh, take care of yourselves out there. And I'll see you all next time.